0: Welcome back everybody you are listening to joygasm a video game and movie podcast i'm russ xbox live toaster 360 joining me is my partner in crime as always steve xbox live steve Mitch. and joygasm the video game and movie podcast turns three years old in episode 171 today may 1st 2020 we're gonna keep things just Simple and sweet. We're going to be catching up with each other, maybe doing a little bit of reminiscing over the past few years before going right into our topic of the day, which is our Streets of Rage 4 impressions, which you can fast forward to if you look at the timestamps located in the detailed section below. Steve, I cannot believe it has been three
1: years. You know, I can believe it's been three years
0: really
1: (laughs) yeah we have done quite a bit we have we have done three e3s we've talked about pretty much the life of the xbox one uh because that was about the time i moved out here and we've we've talked about a lot of movies had some people on and been doing some changes and updates and meetings and
0: you know it's i i can believe it's been three years it's, it's been such a fun ride so far. I gotta say, I, I think that it keeps us busy for sure. Like, there are things that, that you have to do. Like, when you are in pursuit of trying to put as much as you can into the show, like, there's always things that you're striving for that, that you're looking to improve and that sort of thing. But I gotta say, like, just looking back uh, over the past three years, it's been. A lot of fun to be able to continue to iterate on the show and, and just constantly have, like you said, like you have different guests on the show or having fun with some of the the production values of the show, that sort of thing. But also, too, I think like, like it all it all goes back to the, the idea of having a creative outlet for you and I to be able to just talk with each other and also share with the rest of the world about. How we feel about a lot of different things that exist within pop culture that other folks are experiencing for themselves. and I think it's also been a lot of fun with the fans and with folks who get in contact with us and be able to continue those relationships. it's It's been a lot of fun overall, I, I must say. I, I I'm actually kind of curious. do you have a favorite episode? Off the top of your head, that we've done? I mean, I, I know that we're, we are now at 171 episodes, but is there anything in particular that you can think of where you're just like, man, I really like that episode?
1: There, yeah, a couple of them. I would, I like the episode that we talked about Cyberpunk 2077 for the first time when we watched the, the trailer that was about 48 minutes long. That was an awesome episode. I liked our review of Blade Runner 2049. And I think, when the Hot Wheels package came out for Forza Horizon 3, that was a good episode.
0: Mm,
1: Yes,
0: very much so. There are a lot of different ones. I've actually been having fun listening to some of the little snippets that I had taken out as as part of our, our marketing and advertising where we play like a minute or two of different memorable moments from the show and, and it, it's been a lot of fun looking back at how much of a, I don't know, like, like the show itself acts as, as a time capsule. And so every single episode, you, if you listen to for uh, a second or third time, it's fun to be able to see what was said, not only like in terms of current events, but also like the stories that we've told have been a lot of fun to <laughs> go back and listen to and, I must say, probably one of my favorite episodes is the first time when we had our Topic of the Day theme song, and you had no idea I was going to play that, and your, your reaction was just priceless.
1: <laughs> well, and that well, the reaction was probably like, what is this? But it was probably like, how come you're turning this up to Max and my headphones <laughs> about to blow out my eardrums and my eyeballs toward
0: you? <laughs> So funny. It, like I think the, the closest visual I could think of is like the Simpsons version of THX. They're all sitting there in those chairs when the THX theme sound comes on and all of a sudden they're all like mm-hmm. <laughs> doing everything they can not to have their heads explode. Right. Oh man, it was good. I know that we've talked several times about how we are pushing towards Video and that's been an elusive thing for us, but just because of the goals that we've set for ourselves. And I thought it would be appropriate to be able to talk a little bit to that, just because you and I had a conversation recently about how we can actually achieve video um, while we are trying to finish up kind of the the set dressing and getting all the components set up and that sort of thing. And you were very convincing, Steve when you brought up the fact that we have been uh, doing this podcast for almost three years at the time of this particular conversation, and you were talking about how you felt as though we should just maybe lower our expectations and be able to provide some semblance of video while we continue to finish up all the, the actual stuff. So it would almost be kind of like a, a substitute for what it is that we ultimately will do? Did you did you want to expand a little bit on that? Yeah, you know, I I just kind of feel that uh, that
1: growing organically, you know, just just putting yourself out there and letting the audience see you, match a face to the voice and see the expressions, because you you really do miss a lot with the the video. I think, you know, if someone just saw our faces move and didn't hear the audio, would they'd, they'd be missing quite a bit of the experience. But the audio without the video that you know in, in this, you know, late year 2020, I think, you know, we ought to be on video. You can pretty much find anything on video anyway and i think a lot of folks would get more humor out of the show because we're we're typically pretty animated not with just with our hands but our faces and movements and you know voices and whatnot so it's one thing i think to to listen to the show and just hear our voices and and kind of imagine what we might be looking like or it's it's something quite different i think if if <laughs> You were actually seeing one of us trying to strangle the other or slap each other, you know, <laughs> or at least imitate that anyway, not in a physical form. But, um, you know, when we're doing the voices and stuff, I mean, that, that's that's pretty much, that's half the humor, I think, than, than actually saying something funny. And I think that goes a long way to the entertainment value and uh, what ha- actually makes us different than some of the other shows that that do pop culture and games and movies and whatnot. So uh, I think that would definitely enrich the experience for our our viewers, and plus, I mean, I would I would be able to finally see you, uh, <laughs> that's, so that's going to add something to the show as well. And um, you know, I, I just think it's the right thing to do. I would have I would have liked to do this like in the very beginning when we were trying to find the best sound stage to to have the the, the purest uh non echo, non interference, uh, you know, coming through the, the system, and we were stuck in your your closet with all that the clothes hanging up all around us, sharing one microphone and sitting on, you know, folding aluminum chairs. I would have liked to have been on video then, Russ. But I've waited three years for your wish. Mm-hmm. I've waited a long time.
0: I'm a patient man. The patience is running a little bit dry. We need to go to video. You're, and you're right. I think that when it comes to the, the ultimate stretch goal of what we're doing, that has not been lost on us. We are still moving forward in, in terms of, of having that become realized. But I do think that, yeah, I mean, it's been three years. We're going to be starting our fourth year here. And we always had video in our minds. Like we wanted to to establish more of that type of visual relationship with our audience But we haven't really had a chance to do that other than a scant few pictures and some little videos that we will like sprinkle on here and there. But there's nothing that that's a constant. And so we are planning on purchasing a couple of webcams, and that's a far cry from what we are going to eventually be able to do. But there are just so many things that maintain that dream as something that's very fluid and while I would like to be able to have that happen yesterday, there are just things that continue to happen, whether it's me working in California or the uh, coronavirus, you know, those kind of things that that keep us apart. And so there are I don't know, I, I guess the, the the best way to put it would be like like there's there's never um, a right time for things to be able to fall into place. How it is a constant um, endeavor for us to be able to like push forward and be able to do that sort of thing. But what we're looking to do is we are going to see if next episode on 172, we will be able to actually have a video recording that we can share with everybody moving forward. So if you are listening to the podcast on iTunes or Spotify or uh, iHeartRadio, Pandora, it doesn't matter where you're listening. Um, That's totally fine. We'll continue to do that. But if you're on YouTube and you want to be able to see us as well as on Patreon, um, we are going to see what we can do. And that is going to be a very short term goal to reach. So, um, in fact, that, that actually, uh, causes me to want to ask you, Steve, did you order the webcams today?
1: No, no, because they won't ship today. So, um, I'm going to order them tomorrow and hopefully I can uh, get them here. Well, I'll see what the shipping
0: dates are, but if I got to put a rush on it, rush, I'll put on a rush, you know? Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause I'm thinking what we're going to need to do is as soon as we get them, we're going to have to obviously do tests and stuff. In fact, I'll just put a disclaimer out there. The first time that this happens, there will probably be well, all kinds of technical glitches and malfunctions. Uh, who knows? Maybe there's even a wardrobe malfunction. You never know. <laughs> you just have to see what happens.
1: I, I feel the wardrobe malfunction will be on your side of the camera.
0: <laughs> what makes you say that, Steve? Yeah. Uh, about 30 years of experience, Russ. <laughs> oh, oh. oh. <laughs> Well, anyway, it's very exciting for us to be able to see if we can get this to work. Um, if for some reason we can't get it up and running by next week, then definitely by the week after. But I'm pretty confident. I, th- I think that if the webcams can get delivered within the, n- the next couple of days, we can start doing some tests and and uh, at least get everything uh kind of up and running and good to go, so to speak. But be just be forewarned, this is not the the final version of what we're going to be doing. This is merely a way for us to take a step in the right direction. A start.
1: Yes. A new beginning.
0: Very much so. And
1: it's going to be a good time for a new beginning, too, because next week is going to be like a small reveal of the Xbox Series X and I think uh, PS5 ps as well. So it's going to be an exciting time.
0: It is indeed. And I think you bring up a good point about the remainder of the year. I think that there are quite a few things that are coming up that will benefit with us being um, on camera. There you go. (laughs) For lack of a better way of saying it. And who knows? Uh, who maybe, uh, I don't even know. Maybe by 2021 we'll actually have the the set and stuff set up. But again, there are like I said, it's a very fluid process, and um, or you know, a, probably a more accurate way of saying it, it's a more fluid state. It's a state of fluidity, Steve. That's what it is. because even uh, if we actually get all this stuff set up and whatnot, there's a very good chance that I'll be back in uh, California working at the the game studio, and uh, we will not be physically in the same location. So we'll have to continue doing it. So this you know all this stuff that there's a there's a method to the madness, Steve, there's a reason. why right? We have
1: webcams. That's right. So
0: we'll just we'll have to see how it goes. But I, for one, um, am so happy that we have hit our three year mark. Uh, I think it's been um, a joy ride for sure. I think it's it's really cool to to see where we started, where we're at now, and we're just going to continue getting um, hopefully better and better. And there, I think it's 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 a wonderful vehicle for us to be able to just geek out and talk about what's on our minds as it applies to video games and movies and any other type of area of pop culture. So that being said, what have you been watching or playing this past week, Steve? Man, so
1: my wife and I are one episode away from finishing this Jessica Jones crawl stretch out of a series. My goodness, we can't wait till it's over so we can start something
0: new. (laughs) Gosh! Well, why are you watching it if it's that agonizing? Well, because we, does she like
1: it and you don't? Well, she likes it a little bit better than I do. But when we were looking at uh, how all the Netflix Marvel stuff is playing out, they said you have to watch this before you get into something else. So we've been trying to find out what exactly we're going to be missing if we don't, or, or if, if we don't watch that. And, and I guess I don't know. I, we're on the last episode, and it doesn't seem like we missed much. I mean, there's. Very few details that we would have missed. I think if we skipped the whole entire thing, but um, my goodness, we're so done with it. Um, man, I just, it's the, the, the villain is, is not very interesting. The All the characters are not very interesting. Anyhow. Um, yeah. <laughs> I still don't understand why you just Godly. don't... You, know, you should just stop watching it. I don't know
0: why you're continuing to watch it if it's that bad.
1: Yeah, we just should boy, stop it. Well, we have no choice after that.
0: Well, we
1: could watch the second season, but I doubt we will. I think we're, we're just... Exhausted. Each episode is, is is exhausting, but mostly because we're so tired of being strung out. We just want to be, you know. If it's one thing, if a lot is happening and that there's a lot of excitement and and you like the characters and you know, and at the end you're like, man, that was a ride and a half. But it's another thing if you're really just not interested. <laughs> Anyhow, so I've been watching that. I uh, actually watched. I finished up the second disc that I had for South Park. Uh, with PC principle and um, I tell you it it's it's actually less funny this time around but man they they really bring up some incredible points like it's so sh- it's so true of what it's about um, but I don't laugh as hard as I've laughed at other episodes I, I thought I had to I, I was watching it. And I found myself not laughing. And then when I was, later on in the day, when I was explaining to my wife about the episode, then it was funny and I was laughing so hard I was almost crying. But I don't know how, the, anyway, I don't want to digress too far from that. But, um, and it's interesting the way South Park has, has, uh, has turned. I, by the way, I haven't even played, I, I have it downloaded to the hard drive. I haven't yet played uh, the, the, the Stick
0: of Truth or The Fractured Butthole. See, I beat the stick of truth and I have yet to start. Well, okay. I barely started the sequel, but I need to definitely get back into that as well as a huge uh, pile of other titles. Right. And
1: lastly, I am at the end of Ace Combat and it's ending exactly the way I had predicted it would end. Funny thing. Um Because I was, are you a soothsayer, Steve? <laughs> pretty much. I, I, I guess it's still cool, but I, it does, you know, leave something to be desired. Because I thought towards the end, oh, maybe it's going to take a different turn. Sure enough, it's exactly the way I thought it was going to go. So I thought, yeah, all right, well, it is what it is. <laughs> Glad it's on Came Pass.
0: <laughs> well, there you have it. <laughs> Anyhow, what about you, Russ? I have been enjoying. Legends of Runeterra, Steve. And it has been probably the game I've been playing the most over this past week. It's been pretty crazy how uh, much I've I've gotten into the game. And I love it. I I really do love this game. I think it is right up my alley in terms of the personality and character. I think it's great that it's a card game. And over the years, I've been expressing interest in some of these other card games. But I haven't really gotten into one and, and played it continuously. And this is the game that I think has hooked me. I, it is it is so fun. I know that that they officially released the title on April thirtieth, so I was able to to get into the open beta for about a week and a half or so. We on well, when they, what's that? We rush. Oh, uh, 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 I'm sorry, Steve. We thank you. Got into. The open beta. Well, you got into it for about two seconds. Well, well, actually, you know what? (laughs) It's been about. Allow me to correct myself because you have you that is wrong. You told me that you have continued to play it, so I think that the it is an incredibly deep game. I think that that was really neat about it is it's kind of what we talked about when we had it as our topic of the day, which by the way I believe was episode 170. We talked quite a bit about Legends of Runeterra. So if you're interested in finding out more about our thoughts on that, you should definitely check that episode. But when it comes to the pedigree of all the characters that they have created, you know that their League of Legends game has been around for 10 years. That's an incredibly long time for them to come up with as many champions as they have and as many regions as they have. I don't even know how many um, champions there are in League of Legends, but I have heard it's in the hundreds. I mean, they they have literally created, I think at least a couple hundred, if not more, of these different champions. And so, in the card game itself, we have but a scant few. Like there there are, there are so few champions that are in there, and that makes me super excited. And I, I mentioned this in, in the the previous episode about how moving forward, this is going to act as a, just a natural way to continue supporting this title and adding more and more content. So it's just going to be this completely rich experience. And I think it, it, it goes um, without saying, when, when the game was actually officially released on April 30th, they dropped their their newest region, which is the, the, the bilge waters, the Rising Tides. And it's, it's essentially like their, their pirate region, which is so fun. I've, I've been working hard at, at getting a bunch of wild cards and unlocking the different characters. And I, I unlocked the, the pirate board and it is um, a stark contrast to some of the other regions that I've been playing because most of the regions you see in that game are, are kind of more fantasy oriented in the sense of like you have elves and you have people in medieval armor and that sort of thing. But the pirates is, is definitely a world of their own. And it it has been a blast that their entire strategy with that region is exclusive compared to any of the other regions, which I think at this point in time, what are there? I think there's a total of six regions now. Is that right?
1: You know, I'll start that game, and I only see, like, three different regions on my end. So, I mean, I know I, the Pirates are out, and I did play them, but um, or at least, you know, the, I went through the tutorials, but I don't know how I can actually specify which region of cards I actually want. I just choose, the most of the time, the the Rough and Tough, or whatever that one is, and I, I go with that one.
0: You know, they have, like, six or seven regions already, um, but... Um, our buddy Nick, a.k.a. Big Baby Moose, he also got into Legends of Runeterra, and he loves it. In fact, he told me to tell you he hopes that you stick with it because he wants to play you as well in the game. And uh, and, and it's been a lot of fun being able to customize the decks. You know, one of the things, too, is the art on these cards. are They're so good. I don't know if you, if you know this, Steve, but if you have a card in your deck... You can, I believe it's like, if you right click on yeah, the card, I know that. yeah, I know that you much. press the eyeball and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden it expands the card. Mm-hmm. So like, it's like this full screen uh-huh. artwork. I've seen it. Oh, I've done that a man. many
1: times. Yes. What do you, what do you think of the art, Steve? I, I think it's beautiful. I think, they, I think, I think they, they did a great job. I think you, they had a good time with it. I think, um, they probably just told the, the, the art dudes, the, the artists, you know, just crack a beer, go off, have a great time, make some cards, come back and uh, show us what you got. And they go, oh, right, right on, man. Righteous. We'll go out and do that. And then they had a, a ball and they were all in a great moods when they did it. And they came back to this L studio and then they go, here's what we got. And then everybody looked at him like a deer in the headlights. Like, man, wow, you guys did great. We're going to throw all this up on, on the frigging interwebs and people are going to love it. And I think everybody had a great day.
0: <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're pretty close <laughs> to what happened there, Steve. Pretty much on point. So anyway, been having a lot of fun with that. I've continued also playing in Final Fantasy VII Remake, and uh, I couldn't even begin to kind of tell you where I'm at. But there's a lot of uh, long hair and a lot of big swords, so it's it's <laughs> been <laughs> it has been it has been a lot of fun. It's interesting to me being able to play a game like this at my age because some of the personalities in the game. I don't know if if it's because um, it's more of like a, a Japanese culture thing, or if it's more of an angsty teenager thing, I'm not exactly sure, but like Cloud, for instance, he really doesn't have very much of a personality. Is that the, is that the case back in the original? Yes. Okay, yeah, because he he seems to be kind of a negative Nancy, uh, melancholy, just uh, there, there's not a whole lot there, despite the fact that like there are all these uh Girl next door women types that are awesome to be around and It's like right. well, why why is cloud this constant wet blanket?
1: Yeah, I know he's a wet blanket for sure. Uh, I'm wondering if if square did that because I mean they they did script him to do uh, or in do and say certain things, but I almost feel like since you're the character who who plays um, plays him, I think they, they're thinking that the player will inter- think about their own personality and put it for Cloud. I'm wondering if that's the case because I was thinking of Final Fantasy VIII later on and Squall, the main character, hardly had a personality too. He's pretty, like, he's like a blank canvas. I don't remember him doing anything, like, out of sorts on <laughs> Or whatever. Like, you think that's yeah. a,
0: like a method for the gamer to be able to relate and bond and kind of like make up their own story yeah, with the main character? I kind of think so because it wasn't
1: until like Final Fantasy IX that the character really had a... All the characters had strong personalities including the character that you play. I mean, you could almost see him throwing a whoopee cushion under one of the character's chairs. You know, just being funny, being silly, being serious when you had to be. Um, so I don't know. I'm wondering if that was maybe Square's... Um, and tension with with making uh, Squall and Cloud and how they are.
0: Hmm. Perhaps. Perhaps. The game is beautiful, though. My goodness. The, the, the graphics engine is amazing. I am curious also, how many versions, or not versions, but how many uh, sequels of the game are we going to get? And yeah. even that's not yeah, very I, accurate. Like, I don't even know how to say it. Like basically how many parts, how about that? How many parts are we going to receive and have to purchase in order to get the full gameplay experience of final fantasy seven remake? Because a lot of folks are considering though there will probably be like three releases, but then apparently there was um, some sort, I think it was like a Japanese publisher or a or, uh, member of the press who was interviewing the the director over um, at square and he was saying how he was, he'd like to see uh, more parts to this thing because there's just so much to do. I'm, I, I, I think I kind of have a little bit of a prediction here, Steve. What's that rush? If they go beyond three, cause three, like, and I think I even said this a while ago, I know that three is kind of the magical number that consumers are willing to do. Like, cause they, they view it as a movie, you know, you're, you have your your part one, part two, part three, and that's it. If they go beyond three, I think they're going to do seven parts. I really do. I think that that is the one way that they're going to be able to try and convince the gamers to continue purchasing these different parts of the the, the game overall, because it is Final Fantasy 7, and there is kind of a poetic bookend, if you will, to that sort of thing. Whether or not people are willing to purchase all seven parts or not, or if they're even going to do that, I have no idea, but just I, I i'm just i'm here to tell you Steve i would not be surprised if that was the case i just hope they do a little
1: number on it if they end up releasing it for the xbox because playstation i mean i said this you know a couple episodes ago but they 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 bring it out for playstation when they are right on the verge of having just incredible systems come out the the, the door and it almost makes no sense because everybody who's playing it now is gonna go, okay, yeah, there's gonna be a graphics update, maybe you know, but it that ultimately it was made to run on the PS4, not the PS5. And so everything after this is gonna be able to run on the PS5 just fine and look, you know, amazing. But the the way this game was intended, it's almost like like the the software on your phone. Like if a new iOS comes out with for your phone. Okay, well that's great and you get the, all the all the newest features, but it's not going to run as good as it will on the new phone in which it was designed for. And so I'm almost thinking like, yeah, you know, PlayStation, you know, Sony got the 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 new game when it was released and they had all the excitement, but after that, I'm hoping that they just go to Microsoft and say, "Hey, you know we're not proprietary to Sony, and um, what do you guys think? And you want to bring out Final Fantasy this game to to uh, Microsoft? I'm sure the gamers are going to love that too. And I don't know. I think that is a phenomenal idea, and I hope they consider it. I hope that is going to be the case.
0: Yeah, we're going to have to see. I think at the very least, there will probably be a timed exclusive with Sony, and then after that they could possibly uh, bring it over uh, in that regard. So we'll just, we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to see how that works out to round out my week though. I received uh, a couple of extra days off. I've, I actually have a four day weekend because we, as a team at 31st union met our milestone and, um, Michael, who's the studio head, actually granted the team some um, extra time off to be able to recharge our batteries and re- reflect and refresh ourselves and just get ready for the next phase. And so I, re- I for one, really appreciate that. Definitely a big thank you to Michael for, for allowing us to have a couple extra days because I know that everybody has been working super hard on what it is that we're doing. And um, I know for myself, I, c- I can speak for myself. I need uh, or needed that, that extra time. And I, I really do feel like I'm ready for getting back to work and everything else. And, I, and I'm really glad that I have a little bit of extra time here with the family before doing so. One of the funny things, too, is it has been about two months, maybe more, two and a half months since I had a haircut. And like my hair was driving me absolutely bonkers. I could not stand how, like, scraggy and unkempt my hair was. And of course, we can't go to a barber because of the whole COVID-19 thing. So my wife ended up cutting my hair. She gave you a quarantine cut? She gave me a quarantine cut, Steve. That is correct. <laughs> and it was it was a lot of fun, you know. Um my my 5-year-old daughter was was hanging out. We we set up this, this little chair situation out in the backyard porch area and we ended up using like an empty Michaels plastic bag as like my uh I don't know. What do you call those things that they drape over you? Like the like those yeah, little it's coverings. A, it's a man bib. A man bib. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a, a body-sized man bib. But anyway, um, we ended up like making a, a small hole on the bottom part of the bag for my head to fit through. And so I have this upside down Michael's plastic bag on my body. And then I put a, I have like a, some sort of like worn, bleached out pink towel that's on my, over my, my pants, my lap, you know. And uh, my wife has never, ever cut hair before. She did a good job. I got to say, like, like when all was said and done, I was really impressed. I was like, man, this looks really good. And she ended up using, like, she didn't even have, like, barber scissors or anything like that. She used, like, her huge, you know, those huge scissors that she has with, like, the golden handles <laughs> <laughs> you use to, like, cut Christmas wrapping paper with or whatever. Yeah. And so the scissors yeah, was, you don't want near your face. Yeah, those yeah she she kind of scared me a couple of times where like I, I almost thought that she was gonna like cut off the top portion of my ear or something. Uh, she did jab me in the face a couple of times unknowingly with the the comb because she was trying to you know hold the comb and the scissors in one hand and <laughs> that was pretty funny but overall though, man, she did a really nice job and I look a whole lot better than I did before she went to work on me. That's for sure. So big shout out to my wife for that. And honestly, I mean, I told her, I said, Hey, if you're down for doing this sort of thing once a month, that would save us money. I mean, like that would be a great money saver and, and not to mention the fact that she, like what she does, she'll, she's only going to get better at. So I, I do think, part of it has to do with the fact that she's an artist. And so I think she has kind of that natural instinct to like get things to look good and everything else. Uh, I don't know. I, I do think that there is a contributing factor when it comes to that. So did you
1: check the back of your head to see if she ended up etching something
0: back there artistically? Um, no, she did <laughs> threaten that she was going to like, I can't remember what she said. She was like going to write her name or I don't know, something like that. I was like, Oh, there's, 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 you know, there's so, I don't know, little hair that's there. I, I just, I, I hope you don't do anything like that, but no, she, she did a great job and um, Vivian absolutely loved it too. She, she was watching and curiosity and everything else. So a good time. So other than that, while well, uh, we were, um, you know, checking out streets of rage four, which we're going to jump into. <laughs> Put on your early '90s throwbacks. It's time for the topic of the day. topic of the day is the Streets of Rage 4 Impressions. This is a game that was released earlier this week and is a throwback to the classic Sega Genesis fighting brawler. Better known as, of course, Streets of Rage. We had Streets of Rage 1, 2, and 3 back in the day. There is a new developer who has actually painstakingly gone through and has done a facelift, if you will, that seems to be kind of a, an ongoing trend with all these remakes of classic games, but Steve and and I, I don't mind in the latest and, and, and the, and the least, (laughs) the the least. Yes. And I agree. I I don't mind it at all either. I think that um, we have been very fortunate in the sense that these remakes that have been coming out have been love letters to their respective properties. And unless, it goes downhill and becomes like these horrible experiences. As I say, bring them on. Keep them coming. But we ended up the other night sitting down at our own respective uh, couches, if you will. And we were able to play on Xbox Live, Street of Rage 4 co-op. I got to say, I'll start off with uh, with my, my initial uh, high-level impressions of this. It was such a callback. To me, it was a wonderful experience of nostalgia where I was brought back to being in the, you know, kind of the the, the early to mid 90s with you at mom and dad's place and we're playing through Streets of Rage. And it was such a, I don't know, it was, it was like an answer to that genre that had been kind of dormant for a while in the Sega Genesis, if you recall. Like, they had certain games like like Double Dragon and Golden Axe that were very much in the same uh, genre as what Streets of Rage was. But there there was kind of a a period of time there where you didn't really have anything coming out. And then finally, Streets of Rage came out. And I think it was almost like Sega's answer to Capcom's Final Fight, because Final Fight at the time was this hugely successful brawler as well. In the Super Nintendo... Uh, was the benefactor for that for the longest time until they finally uh, brought Final Fight over to the Sega CD. of course, they called it Final Fight CD at that point in time. And uh, we had Guy as well as Cody and Hagar as playable characters in that particular title. But Streets of Rage itself was a lot of fun to play. It was definitely one of the, the jewels in Sega's crown. And so I was very tickled, especially when they had made the, the initial announcement of the game in development. And of course, now that we're able to play it, what did you think of it?
1: I thought it was fantastic. <clears throat> I thought it was a nice uh, drawback uh, from the game. I used to wake up early to play before I went to junior high. <laughs> and I, I loved it back then with all the music and I, I always had fun with those brawlers. I mean, I know they're just button mashers and the stories, whatever, and do the same moves the same guys with different color trench coats so they're basically the same person but you know i I just think it's great sometimes it's it you you need to dive into a story in a game and sometimes you just need a brawler and a button masher and i thought it was absolutely fun uh i thought in some ways it was actually better than the other streets of rages because the other ones were really taking themselves a bit too seriously. And uh, especially later on when they had like, you know, Street Fighter moves in them and stuff. I'm like, mm, yeah, probably not. This is like, you know, not, probably not the thing. And this time it actually kind of makes sense because it's, it's a little more um, ecstatic. It's a little you know more flamboyant. Um, but it, it has a lot more fun with it too, I think. And, uh, you know, with, with the different art style, I think it really works. Uh, so in a way... Uh, you know, I, I wasn't blown out of the water. I mean, it's it's an Xbox Live title that you can get for three <laughs> ninety nine 99 on Game Pass. Oh, uh-huh. um, that was a bonus I think the title sure. that, you know, it was. Yeah, you know, I love Game Pass. Um, Hashtag Game Pass. So, <laughs> <laughs> anyhow, I had, a, I had a ball. I mean, we almost finished it in a night. Um, of course, we were playing on normal difficulty, but... Um, I think it was great. I, I hope to uh,
0: continue with it and unlock uh, some more characters and keep going. Yeah, I think it's worth noting that we didn't beat the game. We tried beating the final boss twice, and then at that point, it was like 2 in the morning. I was like, Steve, I've got to go to bed. <laughs> I don't know if, if you were feeling tired or not. But I was pretty exhausted.
1: I was starting to feel tired, but because I was I was pretty amped to beat the game, I, I didn't want to look at the clock, and then I did. And then I really felt tired, and then I still had to get the, you know get in the shower and get ready for bed. So by the time that was done, it was about pretty you know about two forty five, and um so I slept until
0: noon today. Um, uh, yeah, huh? I, I pretty much did the same thing, which was kind of funny, but. It is an interesting thing to be able to play a game like that because it's very reminiscent. It harkens back for me the times when we would go to the arcade to play games like like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade or the Simpsons arcade or Double Dragon the arcade. Don't forget X-Men. 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 X- Absolutely. Can't forget about X-Men. X-Men was a <laughs> great game. And they were specifically designed to be quarter munchers, you know, like, like they, they just wanted to get as many quarters from people as possible. And so they designed the gameplay mechanics to do just that. But at the same time, there was something that was alluring about it that it was it was so fun to do, despite the fact, like you said, like you were essentially button mashing and taking out different characters, that sort of thing. And when it comes to playing Streets of Rage Four, that I, I don't know about you, but that feeling was still there for me. Where like, despite the fact that we were just doing the same kind of beat 'em up moves over and over and over again, and even the the various baddies that, like, like you were saying, like it's a lot of them were the same group of baddies, except like they wore different colored trench coats or the different uh, colored pants or whatever it is. there was still something that was very zen about the whole thing. And I think part of that is the fact that I was able to play with that game or through that game, excuse me, with you. I think that if I was playing by myself, it would be still fun, but it wouldn't be at the same level of fun factor as it was. And I think that's part of, or a big part, I should say, of the secret sauce when it comes to that style of game is when you were playing with other friends and people, that's where it's a lot of fun to be able to have just a lot of characters running amok on screen, doing all kinds of special abilities. And sometimes you get lost in all of the the visual eye candy. But I don't know, like, like sometimes I don't necessarily need some sort of next-gen crazy graphic experience, although I do love those as well. But sometimes having a just a nice... 2D side-scrolling brawler is exactly what the doctor ordered. Would you, do you agree? Yeah,
1: actually I do. Uh, I mean, I, I don't want I don't want a ton of them. I mean, if I if if Final Fight and Streets of Rage and the X Men, Turtles, Simpsons all came out as you know button masher button masher brawlers. I think I'd be pretty sick of it, but we haven't had one of them in a long time, and and I've been playing flight simulator, and I've been playing some you know third person shoot, and um, you know some RPG stuff, and so yeah, yeah, this kind of fits right in. It feels great.
0: Let's talk about the art direction of this game. Um, okay, I, what I, what I think. Is also one of the strongest suits of this game is the fact that um, there has been a very definitive um, direction to the style of art in this game, and really, if they had maintained like kind of like the same kind of look as like the older games, I think that would have been a mistake. I think it's really cool to see how they found this perfect medium of it's almost like this this um, hand drawn like two D cell animation. And I think it, it acts as an homage to kind of how the the classic 16-bit Genesis titles looked, but giving it a proper facelift and maintaining the world that it that it's in. Uh, because I, for one, really liked all of the characters that were in there, and it was really fun for us to be able to see some of the classic characters from the older games. You know, they're they're, they're all spruced up and the and. I don't know. Again, it's that nostalgia that's kicking in, but it's also that love letter of, Hey, we know that everybody loves this game. We love this game. That's why we're making a sequel to it. So here you go. You
1: know, one thing I wish they added though is I went, you know, through the game, you're, you're buying a bunch of, you know, not, you're not really buying, but you're picking up money and you're getting points and, yeah, the points, I guess you can get enough of those and you can get an extra life, and that's fine. But I wish they kind of, they, they, they did give you a way to, like, unlock more moves, more additional, you know, moves that you could do. Because you 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 learn what you can do, which is, like, you know, the throw and the jump and the kick and the punch, and you got a couple special moves and whatnot. But, I mean, after a while, you kind of think that, man, we've been fighting a whole lot. Uh, <laughs> I might've learned something new, um, I've, as I've traversed and kicked butts across, uh, New York city. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that, I think that'd be like the one thing I would add is, is something that you could spend your, your points on. Like if you didn't want to get like the extra life, which you actually do need, but, um, if, if you get like, if you have two or three lives, I don't even think you can get more, um, I don't know. I forgot. I, I kind of didn't look. I mean, after when we start a new level, you, we always continue to have like maximum amount of lives. So I was thought, you know, okay, well, I mean, what if I could just spend it on something else instead of just trying to get that extra life? Ah, you know what
0: do you think? Yeah, and I think to be fair, we haven't really had a, a deep dive with this game because we played with it for one evening, and granted, that's all we needed to get to the last boss. But at the same time. It does make me wonder what other types of abilities and moves that could potentially exist. Because if you notice, there was that one time I was going through the menus and they had a lot of little, like, splash art tutorials as to, like, how to do different types of moves and stuff. And there were, I think, two or three things in there that I don't think I was aware of. So it'll be interesting to see, like, through another playthrough... What all else is in there? But yeah, I I don't really suspect that that there is like a huge tree of moves that you can unlock as you progress through. I think that it was specifically designed to just be that classic brawler. When it comes to the animation side of things, this is um, another aspect that I, I for one, was very happy with. I, I was very glad to see how fluid all the characters moved and whether it was their idle animations or their battle combat animations having the baddies do their thing I think it was a, a wonderful compliment to the, the art direction and the graphics one of the things I thought was really cool was that there is kind of an anime sensibility to the animation itself you know and maybe even to a certain extent the, the graphics with the characters and that sort of thing did you pick up on that mm, no See, I thought there was. I thought like like what it wasn't overtly so, but I did pick up on on kind of this nuanced anime-ish kind of feel to not necessarily the world, but the some of the characters. It was, I don't know. It was like a it was like a, a combination of like comic book, graphic novel, and anime, kind of a cross pollination, if you will. But I dig it. I thought it was great. I thought it was like all the the levels were also filled with like background animations and just bringing the static world to life. And also like when it comes to the graphics too, I was really satisfied with the, 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 just the different locales that we were fighting in. Did you, did you dig them?
1: Oh yeah, I did. Uh, I think I thought they're really fun. I mean, I think they did a lot with the, the main ground, the foreground and the background, because there was stuff that you're passing in or, and, and there was, Stuff that was happening in the background, where if you weren't even looking, if you were just solely focused on uh, trying to accomplish something, you would have totally missed it. But if you took a little second to to look around, you would have you would have definitely appreciated it. I mean, I think remember when we were in the sewer and we we're like, "Man, this is really feeling like we'd see the Ninja Turtles," and then we look back and then there was like some like graffiti shredder that thing, just like Shredder. I'm like, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and I think that's one of the cool things. I'm glad that you brought that up because there it was this i don't know the this self-awareness that the developers had when it comes to these certain things and it, and it applies to what what i mentioned earlier about the teenage mutant ninja turtles arcade game in the sense that it was it was part of the same beat-em-up genre that was so popular back in the early 90s and there was even a, a level two where we're going down this this type of elevator situation that was going down at kind of an angle, which was like straight out of the Konami Ninja Turtles arcade game. Um, and, and again, it didn't really bother me just because once again, you can tell that there was a certain type of um, self-awareness that that the developers had and like like that the the subway level that you're talking about or the, the sewer level they even had like glowing green ooze you know that that we kind of joked around about as well so i thought that was that was pretty fun when it comes to the music the music itself is very much in line with trying to maintain kind of like that early 90s i don't even know like how would you describe it it's not like it's not necessarily hip hop and it's not rock and roll it's it's I don't know. It's, it is the kind of sound that you would hear in movies and games for its time, though, of, like, trying to sound hard.
1: Right. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely, I mean, there's definitely some, some 80s to early 90s beginning hip-hop in there where it's kind of goofy or sometimes trying to be serious, but they didn't know how to really work the bass with the electronic beats yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, it's not trying to sound hardcore, but it's trying to give you, like, a good, like, two-step beat kind of deal. But, I mean, other other levels will have some some pretty wacky kind of hard action movie kind of, you know, MIDI music to them. That's a lot better than MIDI, but, um, anyhow. But, yeah, so, for example, uh... Some of it actually harkens back to Search of Rage one and two where you kinda had like pan flutes playing with uh, with <laughs> the synthesized <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> with the pan flutes or whatever. I don't know. I mean it sounds good, but you could definitely tell like, yeah, that's not music. That's probably like smooth jazz <laughs> today's standards. <you> know? <laughs> yeah. So
0: now, another thing that I was reading about was how the original Streets of Rage soundtrack is, in fact, embedded in this game. Yeah. And I think that there were a couple of songs that you know you picked up on, you recognized from one of the, the previous games, but I think there is some way as like a bonus where you can unlock um, some of the other... I th- they may even have all the soundtracks of Streets of Rage 1, 2, and 3. I know also that, that they have embedded... The actual original game, if I'm not mistaken. I know at least the the original graphics engine does exist in this game, and you can, it's almost like the Halo thing where like you can switch back and forth in real time depending on like what kind of art style you prefer to play in. Um, And I think I could be wrong, but I do believe that the actual full games of Streets of Rage 1, 2, and 3 are included in this game somewhere, but you have to unlock it. Wonder what
1: if those were the uh, those little notches on the meter where after you you get past a stage and all your points are adding up to something or they'll they'll, they'll give you a little progression on that meter. But we're like with those three notches that are there, those are either got to be characters or something else. And I wonder if you can open up or unlock the three original games with those three
0: notches. For I think you're on to something with that. Because those notches, I was like, what? I don't know what that is. But I think you could be right. That might, in fact, be what it is. Like, if you keep playing and you increase your, your overall score count, that might be kind of the rewards that you get, which I think is pretty cool if that's the case. Do you think it's cool, Steve?
1: I think it'd probably be cool for a minute. But then I want to go back to the regular graphics, because I, I yeah. if, if you've played... This, there's discs out there that you can get where you, you throw them in the in the machine and they'll they'll have a 4x3 window and they'll do their best to to you know increase the resolution but ultimately it's still 16-bit <laughs> like pixel stuff and it, it's actually hard to, to play and hard to watch as compared to to what graphics are today so to go back there you might go whoa cool this is great and then after about 15 minutes you' are like let's go back to the other game I'm getting a headache <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think I'm inclined to agree. I think that'll be fun to check out just for, once again, nostalgia's sake. But then I would quickly want to go back to the facelift. Because, I mean, again, the graphics in the facelift I think are really cool. And also, too, we haven't talked about the characters. I think that um, what's really cool is so you have Axel and you have Blaze, which are the kind of the mainstays from the original Streets of Rage series, but now you have Cherry and who's that, that hulking dude with the, the cyborg arms? What's his Floyd. name? So you have Floyd that's in there. That's a, a new character. And then we unlocked Adam, which Adam, I believe, is also one of the, the OG characters from um, the original trilogy of Streets of Rage. On top of that, I think there are additional characters that can be unlocked as well. I think there are probably about... Uh, I want to say seven characters total, something like that. Because if you if you recall back in the the original trilogy, like there was that one kid, there was like a kid who was on like rollerblades or something. Right. That was one of the characters, and then I think there was kind of a wrestler type, wasn't there? Yes. So I think those two are definitely in this game, um, in, adi- in addition to Adam, and then. I, I'm i not sure if there are any other characters that I'm, I'm forgetting. Can you think of any others? No. Okay. I cannot. So I think there are probably a couple of more that, that are unlockable. And again, I'm such a sucker when it comes to the unlockable stuff. I think, again, this harkens back to more of the old school ideology when it comes to games where the more you play the game, the more goodies you can unlock. And then it, it extends the life cycle of that game as mm-hmm. opposed to, oh, I enjoy this game, I want there to be more to it, well, then that's gonna cost you you know, another 20 bucks or 30 bucks or whatever through DLC or through microtransactions, whatever. And I don't know, I, I think that that is an, in fact a, a lot of fun to be able to do. I think when it comes to a game like this though, I think this is a game that even after we beat it and we've unlocked everything, it is like, I could see us every once in a while, being able to come back, just being in the mood for a Streets of Rage game. Because again, it doesn't require like your 100% attention and focus in order to play the game. Like you could just be sitting there doing whatever. And you just want to, I don't know how fun mindlessly beating cartoony characters to a pulp while you chat on, on your headset. You know what I'm saying? You know?
1: Yes. But I'm, I'm, I've been thinking back, I think in the very Rear folds of my brain. I'm almost positive that there was a that the kangaroo that we saw in the bar. I that think, was so random. I'm like, where did that come from? I'm almost positive he was a he was a character you could unlock in one of the previous games, like maybe the th- third one or something. I I've been thinking about it, and I'm almost positive. I I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. Or I think you can unlock the kangaroo. He's got like boxing gloves on and he just does a bunch of punches. I think he like leaned back on his tail and did some kicks or something like that. I forgot. But I think the kangaroo was a playable character in the previous Streets of Rage. Like the one, I think it was three.
0: Now that you explain that, your description of the kangaroos place in streets of rage. Gosh, man, like that. I have some sort of fractured memory of that. We should totally Google that. I'm sure there's got to be something out there that has pictures of it, but we'll have to take a look at that. Um, you know, one thing,
1: one thing I'm, I'm glad they did though is from Streets of Rage 1 you had like these this special ability where you basically call in the cops you're here getting fisticuffs with all the bad guys punching and kicking but you know the cops aren't doing their fair share I guess but they'll bring the guns the big guns when they're called in
0: <laughs> and
1: yeah. so um you know I think one you know depending on if you were you know which character you were, this would this would be different but uh, one, you had a bazooka, and they, the guy would, you know, shoot it in the air, and it would land and do like this big fiery, circly explosion. And then another time, I think somebody like shot a bunch of uh, like exploding shells or something like that, and so they would land and they'd explode, kind of around you. And I forgot what the third one was, but I'm kind of glad they, they did away with that because that's only so-so, but um, more so like bigger special abilities. Uh, I think we're we're are much better translated into the game. Like, okay, you know, you, you, you do one, you can execute one big move, but then it, it'll, it'll take a while for you to be able to do that once more. So I'm glad they they decided to go that route.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely love that. Um, if if I had a, a particular critique of the, the game itself, I would say that um, it was a little unnerving to see how like every single police officer was like this Caucasian dude with a, a mustache. <laughs> yeah. It was a little bizarre. It was like the entire police precinct were uh, white males who, like, and the body types were kind of weird, too, in the sense that like they were strong, but they were fat. It was like this weird, fat, strong thing that they had going on, but um, I know that they were trying to be silly with that, but I, I don't know. For some reason, it kind of stood out to me. I was kind of like, uh, <laughs> oh. uh okay, well, Soviet let's continue <laughs> <laughs> and you're right though by the way I, I was looking at while you were talking and there is in fact some sort of way that there's like a hidden character that is that, that boxing kangaroo that, that existed in Streets of Rage that's pretty funny um, there was also like an old man character like a main character from Streets of Rage 3 that um, you could play as so it makes me curious if if he also exists as an unlockable character
1: think he'd be pretty old from streets of rage three to streets of rage four oh. well
0: again i mean this this is designed to be kind of a you know a throwback to the classics. true yeah although what what's the what's the dude in the
1: white shirt's name what's his name adam oh axel uh, axel he you can definitely tell like they
0: made him age quite a bit oh yeah yeah definitely Um, And it's so funny, like, looking at these pictures of, like, I mean, there's a huge difference between the graphics of Streets of Rage 4 versus the classics. Uh, No question whatsoever, but um, I, for one, am very grateful that they decided to move forward with this. And I I think that if you're a Sega fan out there and you enjoyed the Streets of Rage series, you really are. You're gonna like this a lot. And and also even if you're just a fan of like the classic brawlers, it's a, it's a fun game to to sit down with and, and remember like those quarter crunchers back in the day. Um yeah, I've got nothing but fun things to to say about it and and honestly, I hope they continue. I hope that they make enough money that they're able to make a streets of rage five. I think it'd be continuing to, um through this whole metro city thing and having more characters they introduce and and even to your point, Steve like being able to, Perhaps inject even more different types of fighting styles and abilities, and over the top goodness when you call in kind of your your ultimates or your special abilities. I think that'd be a lot of fun. But uh, what are your concluding thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think if you're if you have Xbox Game Pass, you gotta do yourself a favor and get it because uh, why not get it and have some fun for free versus uh, paying what was it twenty eight bucks for it. Yeah, I mean, $28, $29. I mean, that's not even very expensive, but um, I mean, if you can get it for free, <laughs> you know, uh, shout out to Xbox Game Pass. I think it's great. And I think they did a wonderful job with uh, the music and the characters and the overall fun factor was even higher than I think it was last time. And I had fun.
0: Well, that wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Make sure you tune in next week. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm, which is spelled J-O-Y-G-A-S-M, and consider becoming a monthly contributor. You'll get exclusive perks and early access to the show, not to mention it really helps us continue doing what we love to do. Also, you can follow us on social media and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. Last but not least, you can do a search for Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live. We'll see you next week.